0: Welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. And guys, it's game week again, as UAB will travel down to Statesboro, Georgia to take on the Georgia Southern Eagles this Saturday night at 5 o'clock p.m. Central Time. That is going to be aired on ESPN Plus again this week. But before we get started on previewing that matchup, We just wanted to plug the Patreon again, patreon.com slash blazerpod. Uh, It's a great way to help support the Blazer Victory podcast. Um, $5 a month or you can pay annually to get a discount. We actually just dropped um, an episode Sunday evening uh, entitled After Review, which is an awesome, you were getting good feedback on that. So check that out. And also, as always, we've got interviews on the Patreon feed. So again, patreon.com slash blazerpod. Check it out if you have not already. We are so close to 100 patrons. So if you are a Patreon supporter, tell a friend, tell two friends and help spread the word. But guys, as of now, UAB is a (laughs) five and a half point underdog at Georgia Southern. Just you know, just disrespectful, man. Is this just the the media still kind of, you know, not looking at the Trent Dilfer hire oh so well? Or what What? What do y'all think? Jimmy, do you have any thoughts on that? Why, why are we getting disrespected?
1: I don't know, man. I would say that uh, that disrespect and the just consensus that our hire was not a good one is going to lead into this early season predictions. I'll tell you what, right here, having watched as much football as I've watched this weekend, it's never been more difficult to predict who is going to win and lose games and by how much. With the transfer portal and everything that's going on, it is just a crapshoot right now. So I don't take much of that into consideration. I would think, John, that, yes, it is just a general uh, thought that the deal for hire was not a quality one. Uh you look at some teams across the country. You think about some of the biggest upsets this past weekend, whether it be a Colorado or a Texas State. What's one of the trends uh, with both of those teams is that both of those teams took a lot of transfers in. They had big roster turnover. We talked about in the offseason about departures, returning production, things that really used to matter. And I'm not saying they don't matter today. I'm just saying they matter a lot less And for those of you who watched UAB play and watched the Citadel play, for anyone that was complaining that college football doesn't have a preseason, that was pretty much preseason. uh, Those two (laughs) matchups. I mean, that was the uh, UAB and Georgia Southern preseason. We're going to talk about some of the takeaways today. But, yeah, I think overall that's what it is, is that they're just hammering UAB uh, overall four and a half. They're hammering the under. And they don't know what they're talking about because a lot of us don't know what we're talking about because of how early it is in the season and how much these rosters have changed year in and year out. Hey, I was going to say, hey,
0: Trent might need to do what Dion did after that TCU game. Do you see where he was giving the reporters some earful? Like, you've been doubting us this whole time. Are you going to?
2: Yes. <holy. laughs> so, yeah, just um... being 20 point, 20.5 20. point underdogs, like, and they have all of that you know, extreme roster overhaul overhaul to go in there and just win against a ranked team, the team that was in the playoffs last year. That's impressive. I do know TCU's lost some pieces, but still that doesn't negate what Colorado did and what Deion did, being a new coach with a, a whole brand new team. So I think these, these guys are just like, um, they play narratives. Like national media, they don't know about the team. Uh, They don't know about the scheme of the coaches or the thought process behind it. They just go by narratives. That's all. Like, I don't even think these guys know ball at all. So if you would have looked at our game and looked at Georgia Southern game, I don't think there's no way you could be like, oh, you know, these type of underdogs. You know, matter of fact, looking on Twitter, it seemed to be a lot of Fans from um, inside of our division, a lot of people was like, "Oh, UAB don't look so impressive." I'm like, "Why don't we look impressive?" I, I don't, I don't get it. But I, we did play on Thursday. I do think a lot of people saw that the running clock makes a difference, and if you're able to ball control, you can play keep away, and then bam, the quarter is over. So now people just looking at the overall score and saying it's only seven three. Like y'all, y'all can't do anything. It's like, but it, but the truth of the matter is like every time we was touching the ball, we was scoring.
1: We punted once. One time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that what I'm saying? But if you don't, if you're not in tune with, if you play narratives or if you already got something negative in your head, you know, people, people in the beginning, like with with, uh, USF and WKU, people was like acting impressed by USF in the beginning. They were only up by like, you know. Fourteen, like you know, I, well, I probably ten points or something like 10, that. Yeah, seventeen seven. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm impressed. Like USF, I'm like, why are you so impressed? It's only half of the game. Like, what did they do? Like, people were so quick to just be impressed about whatever. And I'm just like, y'all already got narratives in y'all head, and y'all just running with it. You know, uh, I saw something. I saw somebody say, look, it looks like Tom Herman down there at FAU got it figured out. What did they do? That was so they mammoth. Hey, he did get Kodak Black
0: to uh, run on the <laughs> sideline with him.
2: <laughs> but what did he do? Like, what, what, why, what he did with a way lesser team in Mammoth, and he he won forty two to twenty.
0: Yeah, I don't even know who they played. Who they? Who they that playing?
2: was Mammoth. Oh, M- yeah. Oh, I, thought, Mama's. I thought you said Mama. <laughs> I was like, <thinking> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I'm saying the name right. And I don't. Mon- want to say, Mon- I hate Mon- the yeah. team. Is it Mammoth?
0: Monmouth, yeah, Monmouth, Monmouth,
2: or Mama,
0: oh,
2: yeah, See, Monmouth. There you go, Mon, <laughs> Monmouth. <laughs> Just disrespectful, Dan. You
1: are disrespectful a second week in Put him on the schedule. We'll play him on a Thursday night. Yeah, put, put
2: New Mexico <laughs> and Monmouth on the schedule. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so it's Monmouth.
1: Not How did they month. find that team? I don't know. <laughs> We're talking about Arkansas Pine Bluff on Thursday night. It was way too late to text Joe after the game, but I was like, "Let me check this box score out real quick." And there, you know, you all talking about Jared had mentioned that he thought that Tulsa looked more impressive. Hey, hey, yeah. Tulsa was a 41 point favorite. Arkansas Pine Bluff hasn't won more than three games in like five years. Like that's that's a swag no. team, isn't in Pine Bluff as Yeah.
2: They suck. They've always <laughs> sucked and
0: sweat. Always. Hey, Darren, I forgot to tell you, Jerry texted me uh, that, that morning that we dropped the episode. He said, did you even watch the Tulsa game? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: didn't. <laughs> no, because I know Arkansas Pine Bluffs suck. Like, and, and A&T is like always, and the Miac was always one of the teams that was Fighting for contention or winning a championship. It's two different programs. You can't compare the two. A&T would blow out Pine Bluff.
0: Hey, we I, the real question is who would win between Pine Bluff or Citadel?
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like oh, no. that's a toss-up. That's a good game right there. You know? Well, speaking of Citadel,
0: you know, the U- the team that UAB is playing this Saturday. Georgia Southern, just played against the Citadel, and Mm -hmm. Darian came away really impressed with the Citadel, and I'll just throw it to uh, (laughs) Darian to to talk about the Georgia Southern offense against that stout Citadel defense.
2: Very stout, you know, fast linebackers, you know, DBEs all over the field, you know, offensive line looked like they were all 6'7", 350, you know yeah. yeah yeah believe that if you want to uh they were horrible and i and i juco team my juco team that i played for <laughs> i'm I'm pretty confident we beat them by at least 13 points like they weren't good now nah, i'm there not saying that to say that that mean that oh we're gonna beat georgia nah, i'm not saying that because georgia southern got some positives on here no team. but
0: we just can't take a lot of, we can't take a lot away from that ball game is what you're saying
2: that is what I'm saying. Like you can take a lot away from UTSA versus Houston. Like that oh, was yeah. that was very competitive. Um, Frank Harris, man, three interceptions. What are you doing? That was unlike him. I think. Mm. De- I think that I think you give more credit to Houston defense. Even I don't. I think they were able to rattle him. You know, but uh. But those those are those are games you can take something from. It's hard to take something away from Tulsa versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah.
2: You know those aren't, but um. You know, if, if they were to play like a Samford, okay. Samford is probably, they don't have type, top-end talent, but they're a proud, good football team. Right, they're good and FCS. They, yeah, and they'll give you a fight. So it depends on what type of FCS team that you play that you can take something from. In North Carolina a in my opinion, is one of those teams uh, that you can definitely take a lot from. But I just can't get anything from Citadel. And I didn't watch Mon- Monmouth play. You know, so I I don't know. I don't know if that was a good or bad team, so maybe I shouldn't have brought up FAU. But Citadel was bad. I stopped watching. Like, man, I don't, I'm not learning anything from this. Yeah,
0: like, I, I just watched the first half, and I I, I agree. We I was like, yeah, we're, we're not going to get anything out of this.
2: <laughs> Even scheme-wise, like, on defense, they were super vanilla. Like, they, yeah. they, they, they just played one base. I'm like, <laughs> I can run on this. They would have five guys in the box, and – you know, uh they would have, we would have uh not we, but Georgia Southern would have six guys. They would have five O linemen and a tight end. Yes, you just hand the ball off to the running back. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Citadel was supposed to do. Like, you're not gonna you're that's a good running back in a pretty solid O line. He's gonna get like 30 yards every time you carry the ball. Y'all got five guys in the box with slow ass DBs and safeties. <laughs> that's gonna get burned.
1: Darian, What's even uh, even Citadel's coach before the game said they sucked.
0: Yeah, he had the presser. He was like, "Yeah, we suck. Like we don't know what we're going <laughs> to be like." I, we, and people, were, people from Georgia Southern side, because you know I follow a couple of Georgia Southern people. And they were like, "I don't know if he's just talking it up or downplaying it. trying to try to get in the Georgia Southern's head." But no, nah, he he was right. He, they they do. <laughs> they he oh, that Saber. was
2: him. That was him. That was talking. Yeah. No, that was Citadel. Yep. Oh, yeah. he No, I, I didn't know what team he was the coach of, but I, I just saw that clip, too. I was like, oh, whatever. He's, he's telling the truth. Like, you can yeah. tell he was all oh, honest. It <laughs> makes so much sense. That's, that's funny. Yeah, his team's sucked. Well,
0: you know, so UAB faced this team um, last year and, and beat Georgia Southern 35-21 in protective. Um, you know, from what we were able to see, you know, we, we just said we can't take a whole lot out of this Citadel game. But – it seems like formation was they kind of look the same to what, you know, UAB saw them last year, you know, except they have a different signal caller. You know, they don't have Kyle Vantrese in there anymore. They've got, what was his name? OK, Davis Brin, um, 6'2", six two, two ten quarterback transferred over from Tulsa. Um, so it's a different guy in there. Um, but they, it was a lot of motion. It was a lot of, you know, five wide, um, kind of similar to what we saw last year. With Georgia Southern so um I, I don't know which one of you guys want to take this but I mean how do you feel about Davis Bren the the signal caller this year compared to Kyle Trees last year for a do, do we think he's about the same or maybe maybe a
2: downgrade
0: from Vantrese and I uh, what what are you what are you guys thoughts
2: uh Jimmy were you able to catch the game any
1: yeah I caught the first half I mean, I didn't watch the second. Let's be real. It was over. But just just to talk about the quarterback, I mean, I would say it's relatively level. I mean, Davis Brin has a lot of weapons. You know, Trees did too. And yeah. both of them had a ton of experience. Davis Brin, now I guess he has 23 starts counting uh, this past weekend's game. And he's thrown for a lot of yards. He's a career 60% completion percentage. Um I mean he has thrown 24 picks. We saw Van Trees throw a few against us this past year, so I mean I'd say it's it's relatively even. Um it's only Brant's second game. It was Van Treese's third last year. So I, I would say it's relatively neutral, although Van Treese may be uh the higher upside guy. What do you think, Darren?
2: Yeah, I like I like Van Trees better. It wasn't I guess I haven't seen enough of uh Brand to – like, really no, to be honest. But it's just – and it, you can't really take nothing from that Citadel game. It's like you hand the ball off and you get you getting 20 yards, you know, so.
1: <sighs> well, last but, year, Brand threw three games. They said that he was leading the country in passing yards before he got hurt at Tulsa. So, I didn't watch those first three games. Didn't spend a lot of time watching Tulsa ever. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting. He started off last year hot, so he can certainly toss it around.
2: Yeah, but what was his? I wonder what his like um, kind of touchdown to turnover rate ratio was in it. Do
1: you have that? And they might have been playing Arkansas Pine Bluff all three games. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but uh, yeah, career wise, he's got 37 touchdowns, but he has thrown 24 picks in 22 starts. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was curious. I just looked because uh, I thought Van Treese was a little bigger than Brand, and it seems that you know going back to last year's Georgia Southern roster. 6'2", 225, So he was a little bigger than Brand.
2: Yeah. So and does and I didn't I didn't wasn't able to see. I don't know if he had any juice with his legs. Um. I mean, I wouldn't
0: say he's fast, but he's not slow.
2: Yeah. Like I knew Ben Treese, Like he was kind of marketed as a pocket passer, but he could he can get out there. He and move can higher.
0: move. He moved against UAB last year. I remember that.
2: Yeah, so, so I was just wondering, like, is it any kind of wiggle to him, or you know, what 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 are we faced with? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, did you guys, when it come down to that, y'all think he's a threat with his legs or what? I would say he was. He's
0: less of a threat than Van is. I mean, well, I mean that's just going off the Citadel game where he didn't have to do much. Um. But, I mean, hey, turning it around the UAB side, UAB's D-line better show up to play Saturday like that. If UAB can put pressure on Bren, and this is, hey, this is a good offensive line UAB's going to face Saturday. Like Georgia Southern, they've got a lot of all-sunbelt team, a preseason all-sunbelt guys on that O-line. So UAB better come to play, especially up front. Like Fish, hey, we've got to have a better game out of Fish this Saturday.
2: In which i in which I think fish will. So Georgia Southern is it's the same offense that they had last year. Shout out to my boy B. Ellis, um, offensive coordinator. But um they spread you out and they like to operate in space. So they they'll use four or five receivers, they'll empty back, you know, and they'll use one running back most of the time. So if they and they like to play numbers, right? So simple, you know. If you want to stack the box, if you, you want to have an extra guy in, most likely they're gonna throw. But if you want to take another guy, you think you're gonna play coverage against them, they they like to run. They use their space to run the ball. And they have and they, they have two good running backs out there. Yeah. And before we get to why are
0: yeah, before we get to those running backs, they love tempo too. And that's something that UAB has got to be, you know, familiar with, you know, going against this offense in practice you know uab showed a lot of tempo thursday night against a and t so yeah be prepared a lot of motion spread a lot a lot of spread spread ball and a lot of high tempo like they love to go helton loves to go fast um but yeah darren hey. tell
1: us before we before we jump off the O line I, I thought this stat was interesting but you have to have context right but i saw a stat that in 2022 their offensive line gave up just seven sacks on 611 pass attempts, which was 1.1% of their pass attempts. Uh, but context would tell you we've seen them play. We have talked about what to expect from them. They're getting the ball out quick. Uh, so just if, if we're not able to get to the quarterback from the defensive line, like they're getting the, they're getting the ball out quick. If we can create some coverage sacks, it's going to be huge uh, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, so I think a lot of times when you when you get the ball out quick, I think one thing to kind of counteract that is it's like first of all you keep guys in front of you. So with that type of offense, like I'm looking at Brian's stats now, twenty-seven, thirty-seven, only you know two hundred and forty-four yards. So that's nine nine-yard average. You know, uh, two hundred and forty-four yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one interception, and he had two sacks. He didn't have like. <laughs> He didn't have like a game-breaker game against Citadel. Like the running backs were really good, but he was kind of average to be honest. And that was like they their defensive backfield was trash. So, um I mean, I'm not it's the same offense we faced last year. I think I think Trees was a better player when it comes to uh decision making even though he didn't make he didn't make the best decisions against us. We had a good defense last year with a good defensive coordinator. But um, yeah, man, they, they don't, they don't. It ain't like they air it out and get you all downfield. You know, they kind of dink and dunk you, dink and dunk you. And I think right. the, I think the thing is you keep them in front of you, make them go four yards, three yards, because it's hard to keep doing it without making a mistake. You know, sooner or later you make a mistake or you pump fake, you hold on to the ball, you get sacked. Now it's Second and sixteen, you know. Now you kind of forced to push it downfield, and you're going against your nature. So you make them keep doing it until either you get through and make a sack, or you get an interception, or you put them behind the sticks. And that's how you get a team. You kind of stop a team like that. Yeah, well, and, um, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead.
0: No, okay. I was just gonna talk about the running backs. Do you have anything before
2: we jump to running back? Oh no, I um I can wait till we get to that point. We can go to the running backs.
0: Okay, well, hey, well, yeah, we've got to talk about they've they've got a stud at running back um, for Georgia Southern, Jalen White. And even in that Citadel game had 19 carries for one hundred twenty five yards in the TD. Um, Hey, Blazer fans, you know, you you ought to be familiar with what happened last year. I mean, he got over one hundred yards last year in the game against UAB. I believe he had right around one hundred twenty five, I believe, in the TD. Um, So, you know, not only does this offense like to spread it out and dink and dunk you, but they are not afraid to just draw play up the middle or, you know, counter like they'll, they will definitely get their running backs involved in this game. Um, and it's almost just a scheme. Darren, you know, can talk about it too. Like they spread you out and if you get too spread out and you're not playing assigned football, playing your assignments correctly, then they can gash you up the middle for some runs and that, and they've got a stud running back that is very capable of doing
2: that. Yeah, so they're the type of team, you know, most of the time, um, you know, coaches like to establish the run and to open it up for play actions. And, you know, that's how that's how they get you. Well, they 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 operate differently. They're gonna spread you out. They wanna get that soft coverage. You you know, no, pull pull two safeties high. You know, no, pull pull that. Pull that line, that extra linebacker y'all usually have. Pull him out. I need him out. And m- matter of fact, don't even put that linebacker in. You better switch him into a, a nickel star type of guy, you know, because you can you're know gonna need him out there in coverage. So they're gonna so they're gonna just spread you out, and they're gonna want you to change their personnel. But as soon as you do that, you say, okay, we're gonna commit. They're gonna pass the ball. They have four receivers out here in the tight end. They're gonna pass the ball. No zone, right zone, left, and now. As a lineman, you only got to worry about five guys in the box. You got five linemen, then you probably have a tight end, six guys. You got numbers. You you have that with a stud running back. It's easy to work up to the next level as a lineman, get on those linebackers. Boom! You can shoot out of that thing like a cannon. You can split those safeties. We saw that happen against UAB. You split the safeties and you gone. And they have two running backs that can do that. They got number twenty five. He's the star, but I like their backup running back too. So this is the – this is where I am concerned for our defense. It's like we have sticky pass covers. Like we got guys that's going to hold up. You know, they might get beat here or there, but our guys are good in the backfield. I'm not worried about that. How are we going to hold up when it's the numbers game on the inside with with our front seven? It might not be front seven. It might be front six or front five sometimes. And they're going to have to get off of blocks and make plays. And if there's one thing against a t that they didn't do, they didn't get off of blocks until the second half. Right. You know, So they better be ready to – now, the positive is, the thing I like is Georgia Southern is so spread out. They do play a spread out more type of game. They are not as physical as a t as crazy as that sound on their FCS team. They play with numbers, you know, they – they're going to get hat on the hat. So I think our guys are going to can have the opportunity to, you know, shed blocks and get off and make plays. Michael Moore was the guy that really set the edge, and he did a fantastic job of doing that. Michael Fairbanks did not. You know, you got lost in the sauce a little bit. On the interior, Tyreek Howard was a beast. but you know, what about fish? Then you know, like, I, and that's crazy to say, but, you know, well, fish in the second half. Did really good, so I'm not worried about fish. I think he was just kind of like eh, and it kind of bit him a little bit. But um, yeah. But other than that, man, I'm I'm I just I'm worried will our linebackers make plays in the open? Will they tackle and get them on the ground? Because they will be there. Jackson Bratton, all those guys are fast. Damian Miller, fast. I need them to see them make the play and actually get them on the ground. Because if we don't with these running backs, they will take it to the house with 60 yards. They will.
0: Yeah, that is the matchup to watch, though, is that, is that UAB defensive front against the Georgia Southern offensive line. Like UAB's defensive front is going to have to get pressure. We're going to need a good game out of Fish, good game out of Fairbanks. Penn, you know, some other guys are going to have to get involved. And, you know, if, if Sione Talfao's uh, game plan is kind of similar this week than it was, you know, compared to last week, um, you know, where there's a lot of fresh legs, rotate, 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 keep those uh, guys fresh up front. I mean, it, it's going to I mean, this is going to determine the ballgame. I think if UAB can get pressure, force Bren into some uh, quick, uncomfortable decisions, force him into making some turnovers kind of like what Trees did last year um but if if Georgia Southern spreads spreads it out dinks and dunks and then gashes UAB for 10 to 12 yard runs i mean that's that's like the worst case scenario uh for this Saturday but the best case scenario is hey the defense front and those linebackers especially inside linebackers uh show up then you know UAB could uh come out of Statesboro with the dub um, but you guys ready to flip it over to the defense? Look at the Georgia Southern defense.
2: Yes, right. sir. Let's All do right.
0: it. Let's go. Well, very familiar uh, formation. They run a four-two-five. That's exactly what Georgia Southern ran last year when UAB faced them. Um, very vanilla. This uh, obviously against Citadel, UAB was very, <laughs> very vanilla on defense against A&T, um, but they, they've got some studs on that defensive side um you know uab what uab did really well well what they did really well all year last year was uab just gashed them with the run game with debo um so you got to look at you know uab's offensive line you know with them running a 4-2-5 if you can break that interior line and break to the secondary hey you can have skull or jacobs get some big run big time runs in this game um but you know if you didn't check out our Patreon episode after review of where we looked at the film from the A&T, Darren gives some some grades on the offensive line play. You know, go go listen to that. Patreon dot com slash Blazer And, you know, the offensive line is going to have to, you know, have another solid game. And, you know, Darren mentioned a, a couple of part- a couple players in particular that might need to kind of step up this game and they're going to need to step it up this game. Um, but, but Darian, Jimmy, Jimmy, does anything um, pop up to you when you look at this Georgia Southern defense, at least this year, compared to what UAB fans saw last year?
1: Yeah, I would say, well, I do want to start with what we saw last year from Georgia Southern, which is that they couldn't stop the run against us. Devo had a big game, and that was a theme for their defense throughout all of this past season. They allowed 231 yards a game uh, on the ground, which was... Uh, 128th in FBS. So that was certainly their kryptonite this past season. That's a part of the reason why we certainly uh, emphasize that even more so against them. So uh, they do have a first year uh, defensive coordinator in Brandon Bailey, who happens to be the youngest defensive coordinator in FBS. They only returned four starters on that side of the ball uh, compared to nine uh, offensively. And, uh, you know, when I look at them, I think that's going to be key. We talked about us being able to stop the run. You know, my, one of my questions, one of the things I'm looking for is what's going to be our offensive game plan. We've heard a lot about, you know, offensively, we want to be multiple. We want to, what they say, make the defense wipe their butt left-handed. So when you think about uh, <laughs> what we're going to do, we threw around the ball and we spread things out a lot against a on Thursday night when we did have the ball. You know, are we going to go into this game? uh with a different mindset that we're going to ground and pound you know them uh with the ability still to open it up and that'll be something i'm going to be certainly interested in but you know in terms of the players i'm looking out for um you know one of which is a big guy in the middle for them uh their their nose latrell bullard he's 6'1 340 he actually had uh i think it was like six tackles against us uh this past season at, at protective so you know he, he's a potential run stopper but you know that that's going to be, you know, uh, my thought, John, is is kind of philosophically scheme wise, we're going to go in and really switch up. We still have some, you know, O uh, you know, that kind of came into UAB, you know, more so as O linemen that we're going to be, uh, you know, emphasized for the run game. So we're going to flip and, and do that with, you know, more Isaiah Jacobs, uh, who had ten carries, I believe, this past week, and even Skull, who just had six carries this past week. I'd be interested to see if we really attack. Uh, them on the ground that is a
0: perfect transition that darren um question for you if you're alex mortenson do you go more traditional run game this saturday than what you tried doing or what you did against a and t you know a lot of dink and dunk and you know sweeps like do you just hey line up and be more traditional bully ball especially considering the success uab had against this similar defense last year
2: yeah, this this would be a perfect game and I ain't throwing no shade, but this is like this is a this is a to set a visual. But this would be a perfect game for Brian Vincent. Hey, this is the type of team you're gonna run the ball against. The thing is they showed on film, you know, they they can be run the they can be ran on. If it's one thing Citadel did and it, it may maybe out of necessity because Citadel couldn't throw worth a damn, but the uh, the running back Wallace, he has sixteen carries for 113 yards. That's a seven point one yard average. You did this without no threat of a passing game. None. You know, at least at least AT would drop back and threaten you. You know, they took a couple shots or whatnot. Um I don't I don't know what Citadel did as far as him throwing the ball. Uh they didn't do anything. Um
1: so they didn't we have did 16 any. yards, Darren. That's what they did. 16 yards. Didn't they complete like two passes?
2: <laughs> hey, that's
0: more than A&T. Though. Didn't A&T only have seven yards?
1: Oh, it, yeah. no. Actually, I think Citadel had 14 and A&T had 16. It was, some, oh, it was something like okay.
2: that. Right. All right. So what I'm going to look for from A&T is how many times did they even try? You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. They didn't try. They were just trying to get out of there. Yeah, they don't have all of a stats. I don't see uh, – because they brought in the backup quarterback, and um, he threw the ball a couple of times. And they don't even have those. Well, I'm looking on Bleacher Report. It's not even in the – they don't even have his attempts down here. So, I don't know. All I know is, like, at least they was dropping back and they was trying, and then they scrambled half of the time. So, of course, those aren't going to be labeled as attempts, you know, because they – they they couldn't find anybody and they just ran. I think they ran for a first down once or twice um out of a passing formation. So at least the threat was there. Um there was no threat from Citadel, and the guy was still able to run for um 116 yards. They run a 425 and and even it was moments where they was in that's what you're supposed to do as a coach, but they was they was loading the box up, you know. They loaded the box up and um to stop the run. I don't think you can do that. Well, it's not I think You can't do that against us. So um if you, you can't load the box up we're too multiple. Like we can throw Zeno's good. Our receivers are good. Our running backs are good. Um so I, I think we're gonna kinda put them in a the bind, especially since they run a four two we got we we're gonna we're gonna be able to gash him. So you know that might need to change to Bring an extra guy down. Okay, do that if you want to. If you want to, we got a quarterback that's making good decisions. We got good receivers. We'll bomb on you. So I I expect the offense to have a good day.
0: And, Darren, really quick, you know, a, a guy who can, we talked about in the Patreon, the After Review Show, who might be looking his chops about getting in some uh, – run with traditional run running sense uh style would be Dallas Payne with some of the blocks he threw um last Thursday so you know looking forward yeah. to hopefully maybe getting him you know doing that again um and hey if they start loading that box all right slip him out slip Bryce Damas out and let's go
2: right like who who you want us to throw it to we <laughs> threw it to the 13 guys last time like well, you want a little bit of Tajon Palmer. You want Fred Ferry. What you want, Malachi Hope Bennett, or do you want T.J. Jones? Do you want some Mario Rudolph? Like we can, we can keep going with this,
0: right? Or Hooks, or hey, yeah, we can go down the list, yeah.
2: <laughs> right? But there's no guy that you can actually key on and say, all right, let's make sure we take him out. Okay, that's cool. But we got a whole bunch of more guys over here that you can't cover all of these dudes, you know. So what what is your base defense? Is a four-two-five that. That's not good against the run, you know, so we're going to make you, I will make you get up out of that and make you, make you uncomfortable. So once you're up out of that, I'm going to bomb on you. And I'm going to make you defend these receivers. Now I'm going to put you, I'm going to, I'm going compromise you. I'm going to have you guessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you making play calls on your back foot to where now you're just like freaking send pressure. We're going, we going to gamble because I don't know what to really do against this team. So I'm going to just send six guys. I'm going to send seven guys and, I'm, I'm gonna try to put the uh, pressure back on us. That's that's probably what I expect for them to see is like let's send some let's send some exotic blitzes. Let's get them behind the sticks. Let's let's get them to turn the ball over. So if we don't turn the ball over or have any stupid crazy penalties or anything like that, um, I think the offense will have a big day.
0: Speaking of great transitions, that's a great transition into you know <laughs> what happened last year at Liberty in week two. You know turnover, turnover, turnover. And it's just, you know, UAB fans listening might be like, why is this game so important? It's it's a non-conference game. It's a road game. Like, does UAB need to win this game? Yes, they need to win this game. You want to know why? Because UAB, since the return, has absolutely struggled. Crap the bed on week two games. UAB is one in five. <laughs> well, that too. UAB is one in five in week two games since the return. And the lone win came to Akron because of the turnover pencil. Yes. We won't get, we won't get into that. <laughs> but, I, I mean, God, like this, this is such a big game. You play it on Thursday. You've got a couple extra nights, a couple days extra to rest, game plan, correct mistakes. And, man, this game is massive. Like, you know, we said months ago when we did our, uh, you know, we talked about UAB what they need to do. Looking at the schedule, like UAB really needs to go two and one through the first three weeks at the least. If you can get this one two and zero, oh, and you know we'll get to Louisiana the next week, but if they can get this game, whew, this would be so good for Trent Dilfer in this UAB football program. Just get over the week two woes. But guys, let's get into predictions. What we think is going to happen in Statesboro, Georgia. And Jimmy, I saw you pop off mute, so I'm gonna throw it to you just like we did last week because it worked out. It worked out well. So Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> give us give give the UAB fans uh, your prediction for uh, what's gonna happen in Statesboro this Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was gonna pop off mute just to talk about the momentum factor, like starting the season off two yes. and zero versus one and one, coming home for that second home game against Louisiana. So, I'm um, I am hoping and praying that we can get over those week two woes. My prediction for this game, uh, I've actually got UAB, and and I'm actually like going back and forth in this because I'm looking at Georgia Southern's 2022 schedule, and they let uh, opponents score 30-plus points in eight uh, of those games. But the prediction that I wrote before the show was UAB 24 and Georgia Southern 28. And I want to put a caveat there john is that there's just a lot of players that i have no idea if they're playing this upcoming week
2: yeah. we talked about
1: swoops we have demond miller kendall johnson was limited Demarius brown played some special teams uh luke jones was out i mean there are so many players in which that Either we're limited or we're, at, or we're out. And we're recording this on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, so,
0: it's important to note that we're recording this before the uh, press or on Labor Day. So
1: Yeah, exactly. We're recording this on Sunday. We don't have a report on health or anything like that. So, you know, and again, uh, even the spread opened up at four, uh, which I thought was interesting. But, you know, of course, I'm looking forward to this game and how big it is. And I can very much see an outcome in which, uh, UAB walks away with a victory, but just here on Sunday afternoon, I'm gonna start out by saying that UAB fights uh, a good Southern, or a good Georgia Southern team and just comes up a little short. So
2: I, I like that Jimmy because it explains it's the reality of it. I think a lot of people wanna, we said all of this stuff right, and of course we're gonna be kind of biased towards UAB because I'm pretty sure you're gonna listen to a Georgia Southern podcast and they're gonna kind of be more you know, in tune with why Georgia Southern would win the game, you know, against UAB, you know, UAB didn't look so physical against the run, you know, um, guys were able to, they, they missed tackles. Like we're going to, if they miss tackles against a right, what you think White is going to do with the, do to them at running back? We're going to have them in space. We can break them down easily. We we make one guy miss and we're gone. Like you, can, you see how all of a sudden you can just make an argument to where like, oh yeah, yeah, like dang, like, we can break them down and we just going to make, make a guy miss because they can't tackle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And then is they, they do have home run hitters, you know, so it's like, all right, you can you can always make an argument. My thing is, it's like I'll make my prediction off of I'm assuming that we just had a lot of guys deemed up like one guy we talked about is like Ray Thornton um he went out the game i do think he would have been able to he you know um i think john jimmy y'all was y'all were able to see him on the bike afterwards yep so i'm pretty sure he could have got back in the game but it's precautionary you know a guy like swoops a guy like Damon miller it's kind of like we're good enough at these positions you know against a and t is like no we don't we'd rather have you when the, you know when we really start playing how can I cannot say it without disrespecting A and but like more of our level of competition. Um, so we we got it handled, we can afford to let you guys sit and rest and heal up more. So assuming that we have Kendall Johnson out there, you know, maybe Mayala, you know, Tamaris Barron, Carl Fontroy, Luke Jones, like these guys are important guys um out there to have. If we have those guys out there, I'm going to go straight USF, Western Kentucky, forty-one twenty-four UAB. If, ooh, <laughs> yeah, but no, no, a competitive forty-one twenty-four, like, you know, maybe going into late third, we take the score thirty-one uh, twenty-four, we get a turnover, and then we, you know, probably, you know, get two field goals or something, like, you know, like we. And you'll look at the end of the score and be like, "Oh man, we blew them out." But really, it was a it was a game all the way through the fourth, and we probably ran away with it the last five or four minutes of the fourth. Um, that's what I think. If everybody's healthy, you know, I think I think from based off what I've seen from our team, I think we I think we should put up at least forty if we execute. If we if we turn the ball over though, I think we're in for a long game. If we yeah. have uh, a two uh, and especially three turnovers, you know, if we <laughs> Frank Harris it. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a long night for us.
1: If we win 41 to 24, someone's going to have to drive me home from John's house. I'm gonna be, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to be I, lit.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Um, well, before I get my prediction. Respect the heck out of Georgia Southern. Love the tradition. Love the school bus. You know, from the lake thing. I, I I dig it all. I hate that I'm not gonna be able to go to Statesboro because this was a trip I was planning on um before. But hey, I would much rather you know you know watch it in the BVPK with you guys. Excited to have y'all over um this weekend drinking some Cahaba beer. I'm definitely excited about that. But that being said, I've got UAB winning in Statesboro breaking the week two woes 38 to 35 in a nail biter I think this is going to be you know it's going to go over whatever number I didn't even look at what the total number points uh Vegas has it but I think it's going to be an over I think it's going to be both teams playing high tempo scoring a lot I mean honestly kind of what Darian said about the South Florida Western Kentucky game you know that was like bang 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 you know with Alex Gullish and that offense uh at South Florida and we know what Western Kentucky can uh, do with Reed. You know, we saw that last year. Um but but yeah, I I, I like it. A very competitive game heading into the fourth quarter being tight, but UAB squeaking out a dub thirty eight to thirty five. But
2: I I guys I I okay. go. 40, I'm gonna go 41-31. I'm gonna give an extra one. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like I think they'll probably score, and if they, because I am worried about their ability to make our guys miss and See, be elusive know. and open field. Like that's that's gonna keep me up. I'm gonna be scared if they can get you know Jackson Brandon one of the, you know those guys one on one. Will they be able to make the? Because as a defensive coordinator, your job is to put guys in position to make the play. You can't make the play for them. Right. Um, so if our guys in position and they just can't get them down, then I I think we're in for a long. If we turn the ball over and we can't get them down in open field, we we lose. We lose. So uh, I'm just giving you I know Jimmy gave the other version of it. Like, you know, if we don't have these guys healthy and then like <laughs> I'm 50 50 on it. I don't know. I don't know what but our team is going to have to show it.
0: Yeah. And this is an I feel not an I know. And of course, again, we are recording this Sunday evening, but before the presser uh, with Trent Dilfer on Monday morning. But I mean, you've got to think that at least a couple of those guys are, are, are we're just held out for precautionary. Like, And we and UAB gets a couple of those back for this Saturday. Like UAB staff understands the importance of this game, even though it's a non-conference game. If you can go 2-0, and get that momentum, like Jimmy just said earlier, coming into that second home game, and then you can get Louisiana 3-0 and rolling. Yeah, like Huge. Huge. And this is another chance for this UAB football program to take a step forward.
2: Thank Even you. I'm glad you said that, to take that step, not to, oh, and then we take back, and then there's a lot of coach speak. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, just, let's take the step we saw Dion do it Dion just did it nobody yeah. asked him to do it and he did it with a whole new team whole new staff so Texas I don't want to hear any excuses I don't I really really don't want to hear coach speak I want us to go win definitely all right guys
0: well again the game is five o'clock Saturday night in Statesboro Georgia uh you can watch on ESPN plus Um, And we'll be back later after the game to have an instant reaction show. Now, we are going to drop that, uh, you know, once we finish recording, we'll drop it uh, Saturday night. We kind of had to hold uh, the last one um, because we had the special announcement um, planned. So we held that till Friday morning to make the announcement. Um, But, yeah, definitely excited to have Cahaba on board with the Blazer Victory podcast sponsoring those game recaps. So we'll see you then. But, Darian, you want to close us out for this one?
2: Blazer Nation, feed the studs, baby. Let's go. Feed them.